0: the bloody disgusting podcast network
1: it's crazy evil
2: boils and ghouls lock your doors and strap yourselves in from los angeles california bloody disgusting presents the boo crew podcast horror news commentary reviews interviews and more with your hosts tim Timebomb, leone d'antonio lauren and trevor shan austin wilkin and rachel tejada let's go
1: this is Trevor.
3: Hey, it's Lauren. It's Leo. I'm Austin. I'm Rachel. And, and we're the Boom Crew! Crew! Welcome
0: to
1: episode 61. This week we have writer, director, producer, Johannes Roberts. Here to talk about his new movie, 47 Meters Down, Uncaged. He'll tell you all about the impossible feat of making the first film and its terrifying alternate ending. Warning, watch the first film before you listen to that part if you haven't already. It's amazing. Then, go underwater and explore the incredibly fun sequel, Spoiler Free. Listen to 80s music and come up for air for a discussion on that insanely cool zoom in his movie the strangers pray
4: at night and more so got your scuba gear on this is johannes roberts watch your oxygen monitor you are about to take a deep dive into another episode of the boo crew you guys ready for this
1: oh this place is insane What is that? It's an emergency alarm.
3: Can you feel that? Current! I'm
5: slipping!
2: Go ahead, Scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy.
1: Joining the Boo Crew in the Speakeasy Studio is an inventive and inspirational director, producer, and writer who is an absolute maestro at combining adrenaline throttled scares and mind numbing suspense with a sense of adventure and a wicked dose of good fun. He directed his first feature film that he funded himself called Sanitarium in 2000. He went on to create some incredible horror films like Hellbreeder 2005's Forest of the Damned, featuring Tom Savini, Roadkill, The Side. Fi Freak Out, Storage 24, and more. In 2017, he took us to Mexico with stars Mandy Moore and Claire Holt with a masterclass in tension and survival in the shark-infested waters of 47 meters down. A creature feature and fan favor that grossed about $60 million on a $5 million budget. The first fiction drama to be filmed almost entirely underwater, reinventing the shark horror film. In 2018, he was deservingly given the reins to what has become one of the classics of our generation, the Strangers franchise. Bringing us a follow-up film, the strangers pray at night. The result? A stunning neon-soaked nightmare that quenched our thirst for the original and at the same time elevated it to whole new levels of depravity. His skillful hand takes us back under the water once again in the much-anticipated 47 meters down Uncaged, starring John Corbett, Sophie nalise Corinne Fox, Sistine Rose Stallone, and Brianne Chu. Opens everywhere August 16th, we are honored to welcome its writer and director, Johannes Roberts. Thank yeah. you. Yeah.
4: <laughs> that was, that was uh, quite, quite some intro. <laughs>
5: uh,
4: yeah. my manager just had to do a bio for me okay. for, for press and it came back Johannes yeah, directed 47 meters down that was
5: <laughs> well we
0: can't wait to get into all the details on the new film but first we're going to go back to the beginning and learn about your first impactful experience with the horror genre
4: yeah okay yeah you you mentioned a few movies there that no one no one mentions <laughs> uh, i've been around a, a little while i started just sort of doing Doing movies on nothing on five grand by the sanitarium cost yeah five thousand pounds i don't know what that'd be in dollars but um, and just made some money sold around the world I put it on a credit card and it, it sort of it started guy I don't I don't know if you guys know Yuri Geller it's the oh, yeah. the psychic the Ben the the Spoon, spoon yeah, 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 yeah we had a had a sort of a bit of a journey with him and and then yeah and then I just sort of took some time you know I spent the next sort of 10 years making these B movies for for no money like Forest of the Damned Dark Hunters Hellbreeder in the sort of DVD world era they sort of got me but nobody likes those movies. I'm not allowed to talk about them. You know oh, what are you yeah. talking about? They're awesome. <laughs> yeah. There's so much to discover out there. Yeah, yeah. So
1: going
0: back to when you were like a kid, was yeah. there a movie that stood out that really got to you?
4: The thing that kicked it off for me, I think, is my dad used to read me The Hobbit. And then from The Hobbit, I then got The Lord of the Rings books and those are horror movies man you know they're firing heads <laughs> over battlements they're trapped in you know the Helm's Deep stuff and, and I was just like fuck this is great and <laughs> I got I really got into like siege stuff and I found that really fascinating and really terrifying like I remember saying to my dad at one point our house is like a in England is a thatched cottage and I remember saying to him like dad if when the Indians come will they fire arrows into the thatch and burn it down they won't come and because I was really worried they were going to come in and kill us because they had you know in the old movies. <laughs> They had no you couldn't reason with them. And it was right. my first experience of of like normally you can reason with and you can right. say, hey, I've got a family or whatever, but the Indians in Cowboy and Indian movies were just like they would just kill you and scalp you and stuff. Right. So I was fucking terrified of that. So I, I this kind of siege mentality sort of formed my early and the movies like zulu and all that kind of that, that kind of genre that so it was actually sort of before horror that had been installed in me and then and then i used to sort of see these video covers when i was a kid uh, of like the stephen king movies were becoming a thing and i i'd sort of finished reading my terry pratchett at the time i'd sort of graduated from into that world and and i was at an airport and, I, and my dad was like look what do you want to read and i, and I picked Book of Cujo, and then I started getting into all the King movies. So it's really it, like Cujo is probably the movie that started it for me. I was like, "Holy wow. fuck!" That got me in the King, and then I remember sort of getting watching it a few years later, and then watching what uh Lewis Teague and and Yander uh, De Bont were doing with the camera and the, the way. And I was just like, I, "I don't know how familiar you are with me. I'm the only person in the world that's that familiar with <laughs> Cujo." But there's this this scare where where she's D Wallace is is trying to. She's half in, half out of the car, and she's trying to get the seatbelt of her son. And it's stuck, and she right. can't get it. And the camera comes up behind her, you know, POV style. And then the dog comes in the other oh, window. Right, right. And I, you know, I obviously jump like. It, and it's so beautifully orchestrated. And it was that moment that I was like, oh, that's what a director does. Yep. Like, you you take the audience, you take them one way or the other. And I think that was really the beginning of, I could be a horror <laughs> director. Yeah, I like this <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah that's so, a great yeah. Uh, misdirection. There. Yeah, yeah. It's, no. a, it's a phenomenal. And the movie's it's great like that. So, yeah. Right.
1: yeah. Would you say that that was probably one of the movies that gave you the confidence to
4: be able to go out and do it on your own? I always wanted to be Stephen King. Before that, I wanted to be Tolkien. So I used yeah. to write all these, like, stories of dwarves and goblins and stuff nice. you know, when I was a kid. And I was obsessed with... With. And before that, war stories of British troops fighting Germans. and right. You know, I'd do all that kind of stuff. And then obviously discovered King, and I just wanted to be Stephen King. It was meeting someone who had written a script. I still remember it's called Uncommon Phenomena. It was awful. You yes. it was like he'd written on a type, you know, like, you know, we were back in the day of, but I was like, oh, this is an avenue I can take my writing and maybe I could do scripts instead. So it was that kind of thing that got me sort of moving into the horror world and, and sort of. Of understanding that the confidence to to be a horror director came much you know like four movies into it and i was suddenly like oh i get it probably by, i did a movie called forest of the damned and that's the first movie where i was like ah okay i'm getting how to start to try and scare people and that's that's kind of where that came from
0: do you spend time on sets or or did you have any formal training
4: uh, school no I, I you <laughs> couldn't pay me to be on someone else's set <laughs> it, it, it's the dullest fucking thing um, i'm always amazed when people come hang out on on my set, I am very happy to, and you know, yeah, I've never, like, so when I did my first movie, the cameraman was a, a second-hand car salesman. He was a, like a mature student at university, but he'd used a Super 8 camera, so he was going to be my camera guy. You know? He said to me at the beginning, he was like, look... Um, do you know how to call a shot? I was like, I haven't got a fucking idea. It's like, you had to talk me through this because we shot it on film. It's like, you know, camera rolling, speeding into action, all that kind of stuff. And when I had to say action and when I had to say cart and we didn't have a, a first assistant director because I didn't know what one was. And we didn't have, you know, any of these roles that you would have in a movie. Yeah, I had no formal really training. I just sort of learned, which is, it's probably evident if you watch some of those. So, yeah, I learned sort of ground, ground upwards. The other side of the door
1: was a beautiful. An atmospherically spooky film that everyone should check Thank out if you, if you haven't much, already. Chris. Produced by Alex Aja. Mm-hmm. So- Scored by Joe Bashara Yeah. And you worked with the virtuoso DP Maxim Alexander. What yeah. A, yeah what, a, what a team. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> and you so you directed it, and as far as we know, one of the first scripts you wrote with Ernest Riera, who you also went yeah. on to create 47 yeah. meters yeah. and the sequel. So where did you and Ernest first vibe off each other? How's that relationship like? And what did it feel like to have something that you wrote and directed? Be in the hands of such a capable team.
4: Yeah, I was that was an interesting movie. I was a fucker of a movie. <laughs> Ernest and I have known each other for I was doing a movie called Dark Hunters with Jeff Fahey and Dominic Pinon. It was like a 100 grand movie. Ernest arrived on set to be a runner because he had gone to the, I don't know what you call a runner here, a PA, I think, you know, someone that, that sort of gets sandwiches and all that kind of stuff, drives people around. He'd arrived on set. In fact, he was just walking off. He'd arrived and he'd seen some of the people that were working on the film and he'd done his first bit of work experience on a movie a few months before and some of the people had been the same people and they were completely... Assholes. Oh, so no. he was like, Oh no, I'm leaving. He's a Spanish guy. He was leaving, and as he was leaving, Dominic Pinon, who's the lead actor, was walking on. And Dominic is very famous in, in Spain. Him and his friend were walking past and they were like, Wait, is that not Dominic Pinon? And they went up chat to. Him. He's the he's the lead in Delicatessen, mm-hmm. City of Lost Children. He's a, f- right. a very sweet guy, <laughs> a great human being. And so he decided to stay. And Ernest is the worst runner in the world. I mean, he's fucking a- appalling. Like to a level that is even hard for me to to quite get over. And you know all the actors were like, I'm never ever going in a car with this guy. You know, he's a he's a fucking idiot. He's I don't know what he's doing. And but he would he would arrive and he'd make this Spanish omelette and he'd come and he'd bring me the Spanish omelette and we'd sit and chat. I really just like Good people. And we would just really? chat and, and he made good food. And I was like, fuck, good food, man. You can't knock that. And so <laughs> he stayed on the film and we just became very good friends. And he ended up actually producing then the next movie I did with his friend called Forest of the Damned. And they, they helped do that. You know, we made that like on 20 grand, or whatever. But we just became really good Friends, he's he's like one of the best human beings. He's like the total antithesis of me. He's like a really
5: (laughs) good human being.
4: You know, people. Whenever whenever it's me and Ernest together, like if we came here here today, we would leave, and you guys would all go. Ernest was so nice.
5: (laughs) <laughs> uh, and it's the
4: weirdest thing you know my mum is the same it's like mum but what about me and it's like no, Ernest is so nice it's
3: the importance of being
4: Ernest yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. we then uh, produced which is my favourite movie I think my best movie but nobody ever watches it is um, it's a movie called F I think it came out here as The Expelled it's basically Assault and Precinct 30 meets The Breakfast Club it's really cool really interesting you know I just went with my heart on the movie and I love it a lot he produced that but it was the first time I worked with James Harris who produced all the sharp movies as well and James did much of the nuts and bolts stuff whereas Ernest would sit with me and we would just talk about the script over and over and over and so it just then became that then with my scripts I would call him up I'd have this idea I'd say you know look and I've got this idea for the other side of the door I am fascinated by doors and not being able to go through doors you know what's on the other side of the door and the creaking I just grown up with that kind of like oh this is creepy as fuck and we would just then work and spitball together and we go out to Spain or whatever one of is you know and and just go and and write there and um that's how it works he's he's, like i say he's just he's a good human being that can get the best out of me
0: how did the idea come up to make a a 47 meter down the shark movie i mean you know because that seems pretty ambitious
4: yeah it's funny so other side of the door i love and most people don't other side of the door is is what i got in to making movies for it's it's pet cemetery meets the grudge you know i remember seeing Mm -hmm. the grudge i remember pet cemetery is like probably my favorite all time horror movie. I love that movie. I know it's not everybody's taste, but I mean, Fred Gwynn in that movie is great. Yeah. Is I went to see The House. Oh, in, really? in oh, Maine Yeah, yeah my, me and my wife went, took a road trip up there, and actually standing on that road by the it is as like I was when we were shooting Forty Eight. We were shooting in Pinewood, and through the my trailer there was um, an X-Wing fighter or some 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 kind of Star Wars. Right. Yeah, I think yeah, it's an X-Wing, yeah. you know, the things like that. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and that was outside and they were shooting Star Wars there and it was completely dead to me. It like, meant nothing. <laughs> me. I was like, what the fuck is this? Get it, get it out of it. This is my view. Is, is, like, get this out of the way. But when I was on the road to Pet Cemetery with the little boys and the house is exactly the same. Wow. And, it, and I just felt like I. it's the closest to feeling like the reverse of the ring. Like I walked right. in to a film and I, I've never had that before on anything and again. Since and I was just like, holy fuck. And we went skinny dipping in that there's like it's right by the sea there, and you jump on it. It was like, holy fuck, you know, it's amazing. It was amazing.
6: Did a truck drive by yeah
4: (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing is, is there's like obviously people come then, there's a path people have trod their own path to nowhere because there's obviously not a pet. But (laughs) then we did it as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, other side of the door is that's me. It's a ghost story like I remember watching the TV movie of the woman in black and I just being like holy fuck this is scary. I took a lot from that and put it in on the side of the door and 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 then watching the ring for the first time and seeing this asian influx of horror coming in and I was like I remember the first time the woman came through the TV yeah. and I was like, what, she's, What the <laughs> fuck, is that a slow movie? And it right. was like, I was like, okay, this is, in, and then when she came, I was like, I just knew horror just changed at that point and I was like, oh, f- this is fucking amazing. <laughs> so I, the other side for me was, that is me, that's the, my sensibilities. I mean, it was a tough, there's a lot of different things going on, but it was my sensibilities. Then I shared at the time a flat with the producer of 47 uh, Strangers and 48 called James Harris. While I was going through the whole horrendous process of other side of the door, which was really quite tough in the beginning. And then we were just sitting there and we were getting drunk. And I pitched him the idea. I said, I want I, w- no, I pitched him like, I want to do a shark movie. A found footage shark movie. <laughs> Nobody's Jeez. done a found footage shark movie. <laughs> so we we looked around for some stuff there's nothing there's nothing going on. I said, so I, I pitched him this idea and I said, look, you know, two girls oxygen tankers. W- but we were drunk. We were just, you know, drunk. And I, it was like a joke. And he then took it to a sales agent. Which is how you—I don't know if you guys know about sort of like independent financing. You sell territory by territory, so sales agents. So instead of like a studio where they have all the money, a sales agent. Takes your package, your director, your script, your everything, and takes that to a marketplace, and people people then go, "Oh yeah, I'll, I'll when that movie's finished, I'll pay this amount." And you can take those things and bank them. You know, I'll pay this amount of money for the finished movie, and then you can package a movie that way. Gotcha. So wow. he took the movie, the idea to uh, a sales agent. The guy Mike Runnigal, was um, a big diver, and he was like, "Yeah, th- I could sell this. You know what? It's an easy pitch, and it, it is. It kind of tells you the story, which is." what a good pitch should do, it tells you the beginning, middle, and end kind of of the movie. You know, it's two girls, the cage, got an hour in your tank... You've got to get up to the surface, shark, right. festive water. You know the movie. Right. And he's like, look, I can sell that. Yeah. Uh, and so James comes back to me and he goes, look, yeah, we can do this. And I was like, I'm not fucking doing this movie. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, this is a joke. It was a joke movie. I'm not doing it. And he's like, come on, come on. James is very convincing. He, James is a, as a producer. He understands a good idea. And that's his, his thing. So once he hears an idea, he'll never read a script more than once. Sorry, James, but you won't. Uh, he gets the kernel of a good idea. And he's like. No, 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 you've got it, And I was like, I'm not fucking doing this movie. You know, I was all about the other side of the door and stuff like that. And the one thing that they would come back with all the time, as you discover, guys, I, I can't tell a short story. Thing. No, that's, that's, great. Great. that's yeah. great. But I don't get how people are going to speak underwater. It's just not going to work. So people like the idea, but they're like... Actually, everybody's in scuba gears. Like, what am I going to do? So we were like, no, no, no. And I was—I re- had no idea if you could get... I'm a big scuba diver, so I, did- I have a love, a real love of sharks and a real love of scuba diving. Well, I don't know if you can get a full face mask. So we looked and its do- it doesn't really exist for a lot of different reasons. You can't really go diving with a with a full face mask. But then we found one, a 70s thing that had been used for broadcasting in British TV, like this really bad mask and we went okay well what we'll do is we'll shoot a little i've got it somewhere i um shoot a little teaser that is just a woman doing a safety stop and she just has to hover mid-water and we'll have a shark surrounding her and she'll be talking to a guy up up top so we shot this and i said look i'm not doing the movie but i'll uh, i'll do the teaser for you i'll do the teaser so we we went and we shot that it still i'm not sure if i'm allowed to say this because i could see this getting us into a whole world (laughs) (laughs) when you when you google the movie yeah i probably shouldn't uh, 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 all the promotional stuff when it came out they used the wrong picture so the girl we used in the teaser is an actress who's now the lead in fuck, it's something really big. Vanessa Kirby, she's in The Crown. She was the love interest in The Mission Impossible, but she's the lead in...
6: Oh, the Hobbs and Shaw
5: Is
4: it the Hobbs and Shaw movie? Yes, Yes, I think it might be, yeah. So she's in that... That's her. That's not Mandy Moore. It's it's Vanessa Kirby. They used the wrong still. Oh oh, wow! Every I would go to the cinema and I'd see like the picture and I'd be like, wait, that's that's Vanessa (laughs) Kirby in this bag in this terrible (laughs) seventies mask, and I'd be like, that's not Mandy Moore. And nobody would. And still now, if you Google like when the trailer comes up, the first image you see is the image of. Vanessa Kirby and I'm like, okay, well, that's not maybe more. Uh, anyhow, we, um, so we did the teaser with a terrible CGI shark and 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 did did this thing and people were like, yeah, okay, I get it. They went off and they sold the movie without a script, without anything but that little teaser and the pitch. And, and it sold all around the world except for America. And then I did the script, and then the Weinstein's read the script. Bob called up and he was like, "I thought this was going to be completely shit, but it, <laughs> it
2: was. It's great. I love it."
4: <laughs> and they they took it on, and 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 it became the thing. Well, then then they then dumped it, and and then it became the thing. It was, but it, yeah, it was a crazy fucking ass movie. Like, I mean, it was a horrendous experience. That's, that's <laughs> my, my norm you know, in I, terms I, I was, of uh, like shooting, or in terms of. Ter- the politics of in terms of everything i mean you got i the stories i mean i now i whenever i get a meeting i'm like like i look at my meeting and it's like they want you to come in and talk about you know, this movie or that movie, uh, Amblin want you to come in or Dream, you know, whatever. They don't. They want to hear the, the 47 meters down story. <laughs> 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 the, the year after it came out, they would just be like, hey, hey,
5: and then, hey, get Bob, get, get, get Nick. <laughs>
4: and I'm sure you guys know the whole story behind it where it's so we finished that movie, and the movie was a fucking nightmare to make. Mm. It was very tough and it was, it was just hard. Nobody'd ever done it before. Like, we had the sound guys from The Abyss on Speed Dial. And they, would go, they were like, guys, we didn't, we, we never didn't do, do this. this. <laughs> we, do it. we don't know what you're, we don't know how you're doing what you're doing. The whole thing was fucking horrible, you know. And, and um, we shot it for nothing, less than I think we shot it for about four million dollars, and it was all in a tank in Basildon, next to a recycling plant. And you can imagine bringing Mandy and Claire over, and they, you know, they're, they're seeing we're in a recycling plant in a truck stop in the middle of nowhere, and the tanks full up of fucking broccoli and urine and, and, and you know because everybody just takes a piss in the tank and no, nobody, nobody gets that you're you like uh, that's it so the smell it was like the hottest summer and oh, we don't do oh it Is it
1: really broccoli
4: in there yeah wow. yeah yeah it, it is broccoli it, it's the same in in the in the second one we, really yeah we d- yeah. Uh, because i'm a diver i was like i want this to look like every time you look at um underwater movies they're always so clean right and it's like oh, this is a swimming pool and i was like i want sediment and i want so uh, Mark is like the the best underwater DP in the in the world. I think he, I mean, he's just phenomenal. So we came up with this concoction of mincing. We would just have trucks of broccoli coming in, and the interns <laughs> would be mincing the broccoli up, and we'd pour the broccoli <laughs> into yeah. the water, and then you'd yeah. use milk as well. Oh to, no! To, to, did you, how to, did you get
3: like, to broccoli? Is that a known we, thing, we, or we, did you test a no, whole no, we, bunch we, of vegetables? No,
4: no. We we even went to kale because kale has sort Ooh, of. We tried everything. Yeah. Expensive, but you know, uh, no expense on this. <laughs> yeah, we tried everything, and and you know the. First, like the first bits of footage, we were like, you know, where you just tell yourself things are good, and we're watching it back, and we're like, this is fucking good. And (laughs) and there's a florette of, (laughs) (laughs) I I think maybe it's not quite there. (laughs) Uh, That was not easy taking two Hollywood actresses and sticking them in a tank where you. You know, you literally have to piss in the tank. You know. he, he was pretty tough, and, and not having, we did know how to record sound. And I think if it wasn't for Matthew Modine, I would have gone insane. I mean, he, he's just like the nicest guy right world. With Joker, yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's just, yeah, he's right. and super nice. You'll, you'll see when you watch the sequel, there's a big nod to him. I would have loved to have got him in the sequel. but
0: you know, I was thinking not only because I went back to revisit the movie, and I was thinking, it's not only how you talk underwater, but then you know, as a photographer, I always think of lighting. Yeah. I was thinking, and oh, f- how, f- how are you going to light their
4: faces? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's And we t- t- we took some decisions on it as well, which were, to say ballsy, maybe stupid would be a better. And, and again, I did on 48, I took the same, because how you normally, in a Hollywood way, do it is is you, like Prometheus, you put two neon strips up there and so you're constantly, you know, fluorescent or whatever they are, little things. You can dial it up and down and, and you can always see the the exposure of the face. And that's fine, or like Alien, which is better.
5: <laughs> really a better reference than Prometheus.
4: That's how you light a, You would do it, but you do that with this kind of movie, A, it's not realistic. I know, I'm, I'm like, Jesus, man, I'm the guy that fucking mate, hellbreeder time. Really, it's not, you know, but it looks sci-fi. As soon as you do that, it looks like we're in, we're in a James Cameron movie. Right. And this was about two girls on holiday and it was like, no, no, we can't do that. And the DP was really adamant that we shouldn't do it as well. So we lit from the outside in, which is fucking hard because you've got all this glass bouncing reflections. Oh man. And the same now with the 48, which is, is basically the descent underwater. It's a whole underwater city and stuff. So there's no light so, you know, at least with the, with 47, you could, uh, I'm thinking 48 isn't called 48 anymore no. more, yeah really. I was gonna yeah. ask yeah. you about
6: that like why did it change I really it, I it, like them both but. yeah
4: no I, I called it 48 meters down I'm long in the tooth in this so I've I've had every single title I've butchered many of my own movies given them bad titles <laughs> it was
0: funny we had a meeting here and it was actually Austin we'd heard about the sequel Austin said yeah 48 meters down yeah and one more meter of terror
5: <laughs>
4: that's the
0: tagline yeah, 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 yeah.
4: someone even broke it down I think it right. did inches I in.
5: <laughs> this is this much
4: more more terrifying than the last right. uh, and that's right. what I, I thought it was like a like a good title yeah, and i was told fit. americans aren't very good with numbers
5: what? Uh, oh. yeah, you know, which yeah. i can see
4: being in this country i understand <laughs> <laughs>
5: you, you
3: guys i mean that's not saying month. that's not true yeah. but it's actually going to be more confusing now yeah <laughs> it's actually the wrong logic to yeah. apply yeah because so, they're not good with numbers yeah now i say it, they because yeah us <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because americans aren't good with numbers you have to add the second
4: number so that you
3: know it's a sequel yeah
4: now because it's the same number it looks like i've got a redux. Is it too late for notes <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what sometimes i see the posters out and there's one big one on hollywood where, yeah. where i live and i was just like yeah, that's great but it, it looks like i've got a redux like i right, just did yeah. the director's cut the first because right. nobody wants to watch you know <laughs> but yeah no Now it's, it's more broccoli Yeah, <laughs> a bit more broccoli yes we actually on the movie i insisted it was called Forty-eight. So on the clapper boards and everything, it's called 48 metres down, even though I knew it wasn't going to be called that because I was like, I am not spending... <laughs> fucking six months going like in 47 what do you mean the first 47 or the, the second 47 right. <laughs> I'm, I'm not spending fucking six months going over that over and over again so we're just calling this movie 48 meters down so really uh, studio
3: executives are bad with numbers yeah, that's what yeah, we're yeah, learning yeah. here
4: well, the weird thing is, is it's like Americans are bad with numbers Jesus Americans don't know what meters are they haven't even got to right. the numbers <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> a very good point. <laughs> fuck it who cares uh, if people go and see it then you know um, but yes, yeah, so that was that was the uh, I think I initially called it 147 meters and then I was like that's pretty pretty deep yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe like to what's really because it's <laughs> so
3: this one's so horizontal yeah yeah, yeah. It, it isn't
4: it, that it is really yeah.
3: 147 meters across across maybe <laughs> <laughs>
4: yes, I should go with that.
3: Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's like 154.2 yeah. inches yeah yeah, day, yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah. did
6: you ever like come across any cases where something like that had happened where a cage had dropped because I feel like there might have been some shady yeah yeah, there, shady like-
1: shark dive
4: expedition. Yeah, yeah, I don't know it's an actual thing. So because like when you go shark diving, when you go cage diving, you just attach the cages onto the back of a boat. So they're okay. actually just strapped on the back of a boat with floats all around. You don't even go on a, a mask and oh, a, a wow. scuba. You just, you get in there and you're either with a snorkel right. or you're on something called a hooker, which is just a, a, basically a hose. And you're just there and you get... So if you go... When, sometimes like sharks come into the cage and all that kind of stuff. These people are always <laughs> like, they're right by the boat and then they go. There are ones where you go, where they hang you off. Yeah. It's not really a done thing and you would have to be like a super, you know, it's normally like a great... It, like a nature kind of thing, okay. and I'm not calling my own movie bullshit, but <laughs> no, there's there's a lot of maybe liberties that I have taken in terms of. Yeah, uh, uh, do you know what? Though I was up for a movie back in the day called Dark Tide, a very bad movie. Uh, <laughs> sorry, John Stockwell. It's not the greatest of shark movies, but there was a story on that that it, it hadn't been attached properly. I can't remember who the actor is. He's the guy from Alien Three, the one with no IQ, whatever his name. Like. Yeah. It'll It'll come back to me. Yes. Well, yeah, kidding. fucking yeah, fuck, yeah, just, like, yeah. But he is actually still, uh, yeah. Anyhow, right. there was a story that he, he hadn't been attached. to the problem. I think it's probably, let's pretend it could happen all the time because it makes, gives the film Yeah, I think it. Matthew Modine is a yeah. trailblazer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah His
1: yeah. little <laughs> expedition.
6: <Yeah. laughs> After He's, movies, I'm not doing anything
0: yeah. like that. Yeah. I'm yeah. so
5: scared. Yeah. You know, it's,
0: it's funny. The ocean, I mean, terrifies me, man. Yeah. Anything like that. Sharks being trapped underwater, low oxygen air, you know, breathing. That, that terrifies me to no end. And oddly enough, I was watching the U.S a photo show recently? It I took, don't
4: know where you're going with this. <laughs> <laughs> it yep. took
0: the members to Guadalupe Island, which is yep. about 150 miles off the coast of Mexico, off of... Uh, oh, yes, well, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. didn't
0: know that that is the highest concentration of great yes. white yeah, sharks yeah, yeah. in the world.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful. I really am desperate to go there, yeah. It's beautiful out there. That's when, whenever you see, like, really good stuff with the great whites, is there, because the water is so clear and right. it's not like South Africa where it's, like, fucking freezing. You can only see the shark from there, but that's super cool. There. And there you can do do the cage where they, they actually drop it down, and you can actually stand on the cage and watch the sharks oh, around
1: you get some really beautiful stuff there Yeah. yeah. when did the script process to write the second one begin and was it an intimidating process because of the success of the first one or were you
4: going through different ideas and sen- yeah, as soon as the first one started to land it was one of those movies that it opened it did way better than anybody expected but then it kept on going and going and going and nobody had foreseen that so it, probably about a few months after then I got the like we want to make a sequel call the script was up m- fucker. oh yeah, yeah yeah on this one because it's like until you know what the heart of the story is i'm very like oh i want to tell that story i get an idea like on the side of the door where it's like what is on the other side of that door right. and it, it just goes in my mind over and over and over again what's on the other side and i keep working keep working and that's what gets me excited and this is like shark goes left shark goes up Shark is down. Shark is right. You know, and it's uh, so there was nothing there that I could hook onto. But I know I, I knew I needed to write it. I didn't think I was going to direct it. I just struggled and struggled. And Ernest and I worked, slogged through to get stuff. I came up with the basic concept very early on because I'd learnt to cave dive, which is fucking terrifying, way more terrifying than any fucking shark can ever be. On the first movie, sorry, producers and insurance, because I obviously did not <laughs> be a cave. (laughs) during shooting a movie but and I was like this is where the sequel will go it was a real slog and then suddenly one day it just clicked and I was like oh I know the story I'm telling and it's when you watch the movie it has I love teen movies I'm obsessed with John Hughes movies, <laughs> and that, that <laughs> kind of stuff and it has that vibe it really too. does yeah, yeah. It really uh, does. underneath it when you see how it sort of resolves itself at the end it has a real kind of Mean Girls like <laughs> kind of thing that you wouldn't expect necessarily in a shark movie it's about you know a bullied girl and, and her it's very about empowerment and you know like I, I think it's really cool and then when that happened I was like holy fuck I know the story I'm telling and that's great then then it became not Sharkers left, Sharkers right. But then it became four girls and this journey of them. It has a real dynamic between the four of them, and it's a really fun. It's a, I mean, it's a fucking bonkers movie. <laughs> like it's full on. It's like crazy. Ass. I always remember John Carpenter talking about Halloween two and how uh, you know, and he was like, "That's a six pack every night." That was a hard one, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and you can I can understand that that kind of movie where do you kind of don't have a story to tell and it was only when you have a story to tell when it suddenly came into my mind what quite what this was then it's great then then it's just brilliant but when you don't know what your story is and you're just dealing with the technical aspects it's so fucking torturous to write these things, and it's um, it's always the battle. It's always the battle to put heart and soul into it. But then when it came, it was pretty. You know,
6: what was w- the biggest challenge while filming this one? I know it was like the caves were so claustrophobic. Yeah. I can imagine it was it, hard to, it's, to get those angles. Yeah,
4: things. it's with this. We brought back much of the same crew, and I remember just chatting to you. Like they are the top underwater people. They're doing yeah. Bond at the moment and stuff. And they were they came up to me and they were like, "You're never doing this." <laughs> <They were> like, <laughs> like when you watch this, you'll see the scale. Scale of this is like a whole different world. And we built a whole underwater Mayan city. Wow. Wow, And, And that just never been done. To give you an idea of things that you just never thought would happen. At one point, they go down a staircase, like a spiral staircase down there. And the way it's built, it's built of iron. You put the rock, the fake rock around that. And it's three tons. So you've got to work out how to get this three-ton fucker into the water and everything. And we're there and I, I come in the day, and I can see, as a director, I, the one thing I'm very good at is, is seeing peripheral vision. Oh, there's something, something's up. But also, yeah, I'm not going to see this. I'm just going to ignore. But I could see out of my mind, people like buzzing around and talking. I'm like, oh, fucking something's <laughs> up. I see my production designer, David, who's done all my movies and he comes across and I chat to him and he's I was like, how's it going, man? David? What's, what's up? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, the staircase is floating. And I'm like, but it's three tons. And he's like, yeah, yeah.
5: (laughs) And it's floating.
4: And it's the rock, the material that the rock was made out of. It floated three tons of steel. Uh, And it's that, that kind of stuff is you can't, you just like on the first movie, we put the wrong sand in and we destroyed the whole tank. We had to stop the whole movie for a week. Well, because it, it was unusable and you know so there's stuff like that with the underwater stuff you just never know what fucking nightmare is going to come up the scale of that kind of stuff was was scary and tough to be honest though because the team is so geared for that and they're just a professional underwater team and we've been through it before and That was the only. Actually, everything underwater went fucking like clockwork ish. The toughest stuff is doing the beauty stuff and making it look like everybody's having fun. When you're in the Dominican Republic, I've got photos that make me look like I'm, you know, the the torrential rains coming down and I'm just standing out there and rains coming. I've got my. Cans over my shoulder, and I'm just like everybody's. That stuff is actually very. It's like doing a, a Werner Herzog movie. <laughs> <laughs>
5: you were just trying
4: to, but you have to, you know, you, you haven't right. got Klaus Kinsey, You've got you've got to try to make mean girls. Everybody's going to be happy and you know smiley and poppy and stuff like that. That's the crazy ass stuff that I hate doing. That stuff.
6: I want to see pictures of building the city and all. That. Yeah. That
4: was so it all cool. in a in a tank? that, yeah, that Was yeah. all yeah. in we, one we, tank because of the scale. We had to use two tanks. So we used pine wood, which is where they do all the bond stuff and the and the stuff stuff. so we were in pinewood for there's like big altar chambers and there's like a whole vortex set and there's some really big set pieces for like the tunnels and and some of the smaller stuff we went back to the tank where we shot 47 so we had these two tanks running concurrently because also when you're swapping out sets and changing stuff it's fucking hard like moving like i'm like okay right next set and it's like well, how do we move the fucking thing <laughs> underwater? Right. And like, what are we doing? Yeah, so everything just takes like crazy time. Is there
6: someone on set that? test the water to make sure there's no like weird bacteria in it
4: it's tricky like you can see throughout the movie corinne fox's wetsuit sort of changes color because in one of the tanks they were putting so much fucking chlorine in that tank oh it was gosh. like bleaching it like it would suddenly one day i'd be like why why have we put the two of you in the same wetsuit and i was like wait that was a different color to that in <laughs> and it's all kind of the same thing yeah it's it's tricky to keep everything and, and you lose clarity of water definitely so it's always a balance like you go in, you've got whatever scene you, you're doing and the water's gin clear and you're like, well, the, the weird thing is, is if you don't put stuff into the water, it all looks like, what's that fucking movie? <laughs> Leviathan. Oh, it, yeah. it, it, all, it all looks like we're shooting it dry for wet. Yeah. You know, oh. it actually looks like there's nothing there. Like that, these people are just. We're in a studio, and you're like, okay, this is this is just weird. Yeah. And it's the only the bubbles give it away that they're moving around. Otherwise, right. you you put the camera on, and it just looks like we're just sitting around because the water's so so clear. So you got so, to so <laughs> distress the water. So you've got to distress the water. So you've got to put the the Broccoli. sediment in. So the light catches that, and you get the you get the sort of waves yeah. and stuff. And then the milk gives it like a texture. But then obviously you wear that down, and the the water then becomes worse and worse and worse and then you know it's not it's not then you get it when it's suddenly gone past the tipping point then everything's soft and gr- and then it doesn't have that right so it's a fucking nightmare so juggling that you the, do? do you flush it
3: out and do it all, you, start all over again you,
4: you have to but the problem is is that takes 24 hours right. at least oh, wow. it depends what you're doing to the thing and and you know the pinewood tank is one thing because it's a state of the art tank the Basildon tank is in the recycling plant in <laughs> the right. <in a> <laughs> right. uh, it's tricky it's a, it's, a, it's a nightmare but it's a lot of fun shooting underwater it's great I love it shooting on water is fucking awful but shooting <laughs> underwater is, is a lot of fun let's talk about this for a second you've got
1: at least two actresses who have never been in a feature film before yeah. that would be uh, Sylvester Stallone's daughter Sistine Rose right. and Jamie yeah. Foxx's daughter yeah. Corinne Foxx yeah. so not only is it probably one of their first films they're in scuba gear having to act underwater for pretty much the whole thing yeah yeah it's crazy how do you get those
4: performances out of them and how were they to work with yeah they were awful horrible horrible
5: people
4: (laughs) (laughs) they were were genuinely the sweetest sweetest four people Corinne Fox couldn't actually swim before she did the movie which I didn't know I found out in an interview she gave afterwards and I was like what I'm totally Uh, qualified to scuba dive everything's good uh, so yeah that was that was pretty tough. I really went with my gut on casting in terms of four personalities building a team that I thought that could work yeah four teenage girls uh, I mean Corinne's a little older Corinne's I think 24 and, and Sophie was 18, 19 so that was the sort of spectrum it was like oh yeah you know it's fucking crazy we trained them as much as we could did they have to get certified to be able uh, to... they didn't get certified but they were trained we had the guys that did the Meg and and, right. and they would really look after the girls and with the first movie we did the underwater stuff first and then did the the Mexico stuff with this one we thought it would be better to do the Mexico stuff first, which I think probably in hindsight was, I'm not sure, it built their commandery and, and it set their performances which was great, you know, set their characters it was tricky in that their first time they did any diving wasn't in a tank, was in the ocean. They were doing some stuff, I'm an experienced diver and I'm, you know, sort of quite well trained. They were doing stuff I wouldn't do <laughs> and, uh, and it was, yeah, they were doing some pretty crazy, crazy things and the, like, the sets you know, they're, you know, you're in a tank you're in a controlled environment and they're breakaway sets and stuff, but they are and they are you know you're underwater like a breakaway set like what the fuck does that mean when you're underwater and you've run out of air it's like what breaks away how does it break away Why? I've got all these so they were doing proper cave diving and it doesn't matter with a cave if you're 40 meters down or if you're seven meters down like you're underwater and you can drink so they they're doing some pretty scary shit and you know they're taking their masks off and they're the four of them pushed each other i think and really pushed each other to the limit they did some crazy stuff and they're all each of them it's a really interesting dynamic they each had a certain skill that was really really unique to them they bought something different and it just made up this group really really well it's lightning in a bottle I was lucky there because if that had gone wrong you know if they had not been able to do it basically if I'd had to rely on doubles then I would have been in all kinds of trouble right yeah um, in this situation yeah, yeah 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 because uh, and you have it like with sometimes with some of the actors they don't like going underwater John Corbett's not you know he doesn't love going underwater John's <laughs> the nicest guy in the world <laughs> he doesn't love underwater you know and it's tough you know then you can see you know he's really he's like every day he's like motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> What was the actual depth of uh, filming? I'd say about seven meters something like that. It's pretty, it's steep, you know. I have basically a bank of monitors and microphones. I have my first AD and script supervisor and then the focus guys next to me. It really suits me underwater filming. And The camera guys aren't on any comms. They refuse to be on any. So I have to speak to Mark, my DP, via... He gives me shakes with the camera or or will put his hand in in front of the camera to go, yes, no, whatever, like that. And that's how we communicate. Um, and we get a we have a really good rapport like that. And so it's great, and I understand that, and I understand I coming up through making movies with Tom Savini on 20 grand, I understand how to move constantly fast. Because once you put everybody in, you've got four people in, their oxygen's ticking down. you you got to go. You can't go, do you know what? I, well, we've got to fix that light. We've got to change this. And it's crazy. So you then have two cameras running, you have the girls doing; they're all on comms because the radio waves don't work underwater. So this whole concept of people speaking underwater in a mask is only for movies. Right. Like you cannot communicate right. to each other. They were theoretically comms masks, but it would be like so what? What you you what did you fucking say? <laughs> could be like oh. For fuck's sake. So they're all they're all hardwired in. What's happening is when they're speaking, their voice is going out the wire coming up to the top and then coming out of a Speaker, because sound waves move really well underwater so it then comes out of a speaker and it comes down and then everybody can hear wow. so wow. it's like that but it means that they're, you're going down a tunnel with cables going down yes. nice. and it wow. means that any direction I'm giving everybody can hear and whenever they're like Janice you're a complete fucking arsehole everybody can hear and, You know, so it's, it's crazy and you need to be you need to be able to juggle all these kind of things at once and it's a weird weird way of working for me a set is all about humour like I cannot stand any shout I just don't want I don't want life's too fucking short I don't want people shouting I don't want bad vibes I want to have fun I'm like a kid like I'm making stuff with clowns and sharks and and, you know whatever (laughs) it's great you know quite a lot of the time when stuff's happening you never bring people up because every time someone comes up a you don't want them coming up and down because it's bad for the ears but you never really want to bring the team up because once one person comes back everybody comes up and then it's an hour before anybody gets back down right if stuff needs changing the actresses just sit on the floor and they just wait and so i would you then while stuff goes on i just chat to them and it would always be it'd be great fun going sistine tell me which is your dad's worst movie
5: (laughs) And she would then,
4: you know, I'd be like, tell me about rhinestone, you know, and she she was very funny with it, you know, and that was good. Like that first moment you make that joke or would say with with Corinne as well, you know, you know, we would talk about her dance movies and the first time you make that joke and you're like, because everybody can hear like eat everybody uh, and you're like how's this gonna go they go with the hu- you know and they Sistine and both they were not precious in any way you know and uh, you know I'd tease her about giving me some Rambo stuff or whatever and there was no preciousness about oh and my that's you're equating me to my dad or whatever you know that kind of stuff and that then suddenly it made just the whole set great or with Sophie you know her mum was there all the time so her mum would be sitting next to me and I'd be like hey, sorry Sophie your mum needs another close up you know? <laughs> you know I mean? she'd just be sort of sitting there we and it, the the. That, that kind of rapport just just made the movie go and uh, you know there they were tough times but they were good and i'm really interested to see where those four girls Go actually, because I they all of them have the right skill and, and most importantly, I think, attitude to just go. I have no idea what this question was at the beginning, <laughs> it, it doesn't goes. matter. It's, it's great. It's great. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> how the hell did you do the
4: sharks? Were there any practical sharks? Because the sharks in this one, there's more sharks, there's a lot of close up shots. Of these yeah, sharks. yeah, you, the sharks are fucking amazing. So, we got two different things going on here the level of technology that's gone on since between this and the previous movie is insane the detail what we can do you have a team of you've got Brian Broccoli who's who's my diver who has a little bag of broccoli and he's there sprinkling <laughs> around uh, you'd have John Shark or we'd have different people but or Dave does all the alligators in Crawl so okay. Dave oh. Dave, Dave, uh, Dave, Shark is um, was my favourite shark he would have I think it came from eBay I have a feeling it was the one from the first movie as well that's a prop I should it's kicking around oh my- my gosh!
3: I <laughs> want that shark. <laughs> Wait, it, it went on eBay. It, no, you it, bought it for the second movie off of eBay. I, I was. That's the no, story no, I'm going to take yeah, away from yeah, That's probably yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, yeah. your own
4: prop. It was. I think we bought it off eBay for the first movie. It's I one see. of those like deer head shark things. Oh, You know, no, yeah. you know like plastic shark. Yeah, the thing. Taxidermy. Um, yeah, yeah, um, sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we we bought it. I have a feeling it's the same one. We we had another one on on this that was really hokey. But anyhow, so it would be a plastic shark head and the diver would just drive around with it. We would then choreograph scenes with the diver Going around, and it would always be like, as a director, you just have to ask for what you want. Again, I'm quite used to not seeing out of the corner of my eye when someone's like, doesn't make any. How the fuck are we going to do that? Uh, <laughs> right. And you know, so like, I'd be like, okay, yeah, Dave, this looks great, but I can see the I can see the bubbles coming up there, and you know, I can see in his head he's like, yeah, but I'm under fucking. Wind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Don't breathe. And then, yeah, exactly. But that's what he did. So he took off all the gear and and stuff, and then he's oh, floating oh, around shit. doing all that without breathing. And the best thing as a director is just you kind of clock that for a minute, and you're like, anyhow, I'm just going to pretend I didn't see that, and we'll just carry on going. Uh, and he was very good, he could hold his breath for a long time. He's now dead, but <laughs> uh, um, but he, uh, but, but yeah. you got the shot, but we got the shot, yeah, yeah. Well, he when he died in was the shot, but that we would do that a lot. So, a lot of this because. Basically, these sharks are—they're um, great whites, but they've evolved down in the cave system. They're these blind, like they're like Greenland sharks. They're all gnarly, and they—they look fucking great. They're albino, kind of enormous, slow-moving beasts. So, it's, what we're doing with this movie for me is fucking great. Like, I—I've never seen because I love sharks, and I genuinely love all the ocean stuff and instead of doing like people you can imagine every question I always get it's like oh Jaws have you seen Jaws yeah yeah I I love (laughs) Michael but with this we it's like uh Friday the 13th movie you know the sharks stalking coming behind and you have these scenes where people are like they're not noticing and the sharks just coming behind this blind, great, enormous, great white... And you can just do all these caves and these halls, these chambers, like sort of fucking mines of Moria kind of thing. And you've got these sharks moving moving around. It just looks fucking incredible. And and we were able to do stuff that you really get to see. I, I, I get so bored watching shark movies where they it's all about the quick speed thrashing and it's gone and I'm like no I want to see this fucking thing just and then we did it with the first one I love doing all those shots where it's just gliding and this really has that like people always crash down and the sharks are just moving over them and, and we've also got regular in, great whites as well in, in there as well yeah but it's all it's all visual effects we then take out Dave Shark. You know, he gives me all the reference I need. Sometimes I shoot it again without him, so I've got a clean plate, but by and large, the performance I would get would be best with him in, and we would then put the sharks in afterwards, and it's the same guy's outpost did the sharks from the first movie. They're phenomenal. I mean, it it just looks incredible. Yeah, I agree. Did you learn
3: anything on the first movie, or by doing the first movie, was there anything like, oh, if I could do this
4: again, this is what I would do? I I learned to have a bit more confidence, actually, with the whole shark stuff. Like I to be honest we shot the first movie with almost no sharks because when we were starting the whole sharknado thing was a Mm. was a thing right (laughs) Right. and mandy and claire were very like they didn't know me they didn't know what this movie was going to be to be honest i didn't i remember that first day just standing there looking at the tank looking at the metal arm of the cage and everything and I remember being, and I don't often get this, I remember being like, I don't know how to fucking do
5: this. <laughs> I literally don't.
4: Like, if I could have called in sick, I would have called in sick, wow. you know. I And I had no idea. I think there was a general worry that these sharks were going to look fucking awful. When we actually shot the movie, it was very much a 127 hours kind of survival movie with very little shark in. Right. Almost like a siege movie. Almost like a siege, yeah. I describe it as Cujo in a cage. Right. And then Bob... Bob's actually a very smart guy, Weinstein is a very smart guy in, in terms of he understood sort of certain aspects and, and he was like, This is great, but I need some sharks now. <laughs> so we went back and did an extra week and really just added the sharks in. And I and I got to to be much more confident. Like, okay, oh no, yeah, you can direct i can direct especially on this one i can direct them the sharks like i directed the strangers you know i i'm a huge sean carpenter fan and i was like fuck i can you know this this could be my michael myers shark (laughs) right right playing around i was much more on this movie much more precise in the scares and understanding where when and and how things are working so i took a lot from the first Mm. movie and yeah i just had more confidence in knowing what i was doing which if anybody from the crew is listening to this <laughs> it, and they'll be like fucking, this guy fucking
3: <laughs> Jesus Christ yeah because the sharks definitely level up in this movie you guys haven't seen the movie have you yeah, yeah, yeah some have. of us have seen a yes. screener
4: holy shit <laughs> <laughs> when did you see the movie last the, night last yeah, night yeah, 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 holy yeah. fuck did you yeah. enjoy it I yes. loved yeah, it I yes. oh, yeah. the fuck I didn't know you'd see it it's <laughs> oh, <laughs> not good yeah okay, good I'm oh, sorry yeah. I thought you'd only alright I didn't realize fuck so let's go back <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you, uh, you understand them when I say about the Mean Girls vibe. Oh yes. yeah, right. yeah. yeah. And you, uh, I love that part of this yeah. movie. Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. Pretty Little Liars yeah. under
1: <laughs> underwater.
4: <Yeah. laughs> oh god, I, sorry, I didn't. I had no idea you'd seen it. <laughs> no, it's um, all good. It's like we a surprise wanna, twist. Yeah, we right. don't want to yeah. give exactly. too many <laughs> <laughs> spoilers. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Just yeah. like your movie
1: is a surprise yeah, twist.
0: Too much nitrous oxide.
1: Speaking of that. The end of, you know, to spoil everything, the end of the first 47 yes. minutes yes. down. Is there another version of that film that exists where is she actually
3: Word dreaming? A minute so, or sooner. Right, exactly. Yeah,
4: yeah, so my first cut of that, when we handed it in, I left Mandy down there Laughing crazily, one of my favourite movies is uh, In the Mouth of Madness, and I love Sam Neill cackling and just leaving Mandy down there. And Bob was like, "What the what the fuck?" (laughs) 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 He kept oddly um, referencing Pulse. He was like, I did this movie, Pulse, and nobody went to see it because it didn't have a happy ending. And nobody obviously wanted to point out nobody went to see it. Yeah, don't think not, that not yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He might be misreading that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he's not very good with numbers. <laughs> no, right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But so, yeah, we would fight constantly on the ending. And then in the end, when we went back and did the extra shark stuff, we compromised. He wanted both girls. He had this image of both girls being on the back of the boat you know in like those tin foil like warming things right. and the yeah. camera pulling away and you know all sort of happy 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 and we compromised in terms of like look I'll save Mandy god I've just ruined it I'm sorry and there's a head in the box at the end of seven
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, um, wait the six cents <laughs> <laughs>
4: someone ruined that in the cinema I was sitting down <laughs> oh, in the yeah. cinema someone behind me leaned to his girlfriend and went oh he's dead and I didn't know what that meant and then the movie started and I n- <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Oh. Yeah, so we then shot the bit where the, the divers come down. They're, they're the least yeah. Mexican right. safety divers. Like, they're my safety crew. That's like, <laughs> right. and Some of them are holding their like guns like, like Jesus. Right. Uh, but um, they come down and they save her and then we, we go up and we have the beautiful music playing up. And um, that was then the compromise. And I actually quite like that ending because I, I remember watching the test screening or in fact the premiere of it. But there was like 2,000 people there and I've never experienced anything. It was the first time we had an idea that this movie might work because obviously it'd been pirated to fuck, and we I, everybody just thought like this movie was dead, mm. like before it was going to come out. And we were watching the premiere, and people I've never seen like just shouting at the screen, scream, "You go, man! You fucking go!" And then just oh, when wow. well, you know that flare sequence, they yeah. would stand up and they'd scream, yeah. and, and it was like incredible. It was an incredible experience, and it was the first time I realized. Like, oh, this movie could work. And then the twist comes and then we save Mandy and I remember speaking to the producer James afterwards and I was like we, w- we wouldn't have got out of here alive <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and I even remember I mean I remember the cinema score was like a, a D or something when it came out and everybody thought the movie was dead because obviously people are coming out still going well that was a bit of a fucking bummer wasn't it but then it, it, it seemed to whatever for whatever isn't it survived wow. yeah, yeah. was there ever an
1: idea to bring Mandy back
4: for the sequel no I don't think so we wanted to just do a, a new I knew the cave diving thing. be was, right, was a whole standalone. I, I, yeah. And I just, I, just like, how the fuck are you going to do a, Like a direct sequel to that, you know? Right. right. She's like, not going maybe, in the water again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no <way>. So <laughs> she's have not going to gonna, be like, like, running a yeah, shark uh, in Iowa <laughs> for the rest of her life. It, w- it would have to be like Halloween Two, and, and, <laughs> right, and, and, right. and like the shark would have to come out of the water. <laughs> right. and Modine would have to kind of track her. She's in hospital and <laughs> right. you know, like
3: and, um, an aquarium or yeah, something. It's a fucking good idea. Yeah. It starts on the empty cage. Yeah. 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 Pulls yeah, back yeah, slowly yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah. the surface, <laughs> and the boat yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> starts off with the bends. Yeah, with the bends. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. Got the bends. Yeah,
4: yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this was always going to be a standalone thing. So yes, I met Claire in, in uh, the other day. Actually, we were chatting about that. It's not that kind of movie. I think.
6: Can we talk about The Strangers Prey at Night? Because it is like oh, one of my right. favorite yes. movies yes. ever. And that pool scene, like yeah. you do water, that's like yeah. your thing. You are just so amazing <laughs> how hard was it to do that scene because there was so much going on capturing it all and it yeah. just looked beautiful
4: it's a funny movie that in that i was the other day i was in orange County, and so we were testing 48 and i could see this guy in the corner of my eye he, uh, obviously a lot <laughs> happens in the corner of my eye yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, i could see this guy hovering and i was like what the fuck <laughs> is this guy doing and he came over to me and he went I'm, I'm like a huge fan and he was like buzzing and he was, like, he's like Superman. he's like he said look I know no one else likes *Strangers Pray at night, but I really liked
5: it. <laughs> like it. What? No way!
4: That movie gets a lot of love or a lot of hate. I had, uh, I was in fact last night I had dinner with um, Lewis. Pullman who oh, is he's nice. is the uh, sweetest guy. he's in the new Top Gun movie he was telling fucking amazing oh stories. my god yeah, I can uh, imagine he's the sweetest guy in the world best actor in the world and we were talking about that scene just how it was just a scene we built the trailer park in, in a place in Kentucky James the producer is like look wait you
0: brought a trailer park to Kentucky yeah I know. I, <laughs> I,
5: you could
4: I, I, for, for many reasons <laughs> 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 I, I went to many real trailer parks <laughs> and, and you you don't want to go there so, yeah, we built we built this trailer park in, in Kentucky, but there was no pool or, or, yeah. or any or playground or whatever. And James, the producer, is like, look, you, his film's all about tax incentives and, you know, all this kind of stuff and how you finance a movie, especially independently. And he's like, look, we get an extra five percent if we shoot out in this part of Kentucky. that's like a depressed area. I'm so used James and I work together forever and I'm just so used to these conversations. I'm like, come on, let's take a look at it. So we arrive there. And it's, so, you know, the the scene is like, it's a little clubhouse and there's a pool. It's like, you know, if you watch something like, what's that Billy Bob Thornton show? Goliath. you right. know, <laughs> You know, whenever people stay in like David Lynch movies, they stay in the motel and there's a little yeah. pool there. And that's what the scene is, you know? And I get there... <laughs> And the pool is like a three time fucking Olympic size I've never seen a pool so big in my life and I and then down one side is a river right which is obviously not in the fucking script but a huge great fucking river and then on the other side is a fence and there's no way to get any equipment in it's like I mean coming back to my Herzog thing this is like I'm like what the fuck am I supposed to do and James is like looking at me five five percent extra and I'm like yeah whatever whatever it doesn't even have any lights to The pool doesn't have any lights. I'm like, how am I going to stage this scene? You know, if they're one end, it would take them a day to get to the other end. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then it just worked. Do you know what worked for me is Exodus 3. It's just a yes. phenomenal oh, movie yeah. that people yes. just don't, yeah. don't And One of the best I, jump scares ever. Yeah. yeah. I just knew I wanted to do that. Is that where that Zoom yeah. comes from? Um, right yeah. when she attacks? And I was like, oh, oh. fuck, I want to I do. And so I just, I was like, I went, Ryan, the DP, is phenomenal DP did all the Jim Mickle stuff, like Cold in July and stuff. He was like, right, we can light this little area. I was like, do you know what? I want to be at the back. And it's like, no, you know, we don't we don't wanna be at the back. do I don't, don't wanna be at the back. So we go all the way to the back of the pool, light up the whole thing. It doesn't have those light the you know, the illumination comes from us. And we didn't we had oh, wow. no technical underwater stuff. We were just bouncing light right. in and, and those palm trees we had just decided on today. So you know, they've hired now. from like a disco place, you right. know. cabana <laughs> or whatever. Put the light and we go back and I'm just like, Yeah, I wanna do this and it's like, no, we can't we've got to cover it. And it's like, no, 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 this is this is and I could see it's not that I'm making myself sound like a fucking genius. <laughs> I just knew this. I loved i my strangers is probably it was one of those gigs that was offered to me like after 47 i was not getting offered any work because the movie had been dumped it'd been picked up by byron but nobody really knew who byron was nobody believed the movie had been pirated everywhere it was already out in walmart on dvds had been pulled back and it was a fucking disaster so nobody thought the movie was going actually going to do anything and in this town people only care about money so people would watch the movie and they go it's a great movie but it hasn't made any money. So I wasn't getting any offers. So I was like, I was just sitting there and then the producers of it who really liked the movie, actually, the finances said, look, we've got the script for Strangers 2 because what's the company? Um, Anyhow, that, that company, fuck, who are they called? we're going out of business and so we we picked up the script if you'll do it and i read the script and uh, it's like okay i'm not really into home invasion movies at all i like supernatural shit which is why you can probably tell in the movie it it sort of starts off as a stranger's movie and it turns into a musical by the end. <laughs> uh, uh, because i just you know i, I but anyway I read so, you, the, so you're the big 80s fan i love 80s music right i love aesthetics and stuff but i need supernatural when i watch horror <laughs> so i read the script and i was like okay i and, and then I then at that moment of like, oh, wait, I can make Christine here. Yeah. OK, let's do this. Yes. Let's do this. The scene became something because it was just like, fuck, I'll make this movie the movie I've always wanted to make in terms of stylistically. You know, all those zoom lenses that people are like, no, 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 you can't like Ryan would be like, come on, you can't you can't do that. <laughs> right? I, the camera. I used to love those movies where the zoom would go right in on the face and slightly right. miss and then go. Beep. Like yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'd be like, oh, that's fucking great, you know. It was um, so fun. People uh, talk about that Zoom like yeah. crazy. Yeah, it, it just, I mean, it's a testament to the camera crew, you know, they nailed that thing, and then Lewis's performance, and actually, do you know what, you never think about this, but you know the guy people are always like, well, it's just a guy in a mask, but Damien just fucking sold that shit, yeah. Yeah. He, he just gave his heart to it, and then, you know, people, we were talking about that fucking pool scene for, like, months beforehand, and it was like, guys, I've done a whole underwater fucking movie. Yeah. It's okay, it's only a fucking yeah. like, How are we gonna shoot? This, gonna <laughs> this is nothing. <laughs> Just put a camera in the water and you know You know, aside from the
0: lighting though, what I really loved we discussed it was how when that scene plays out, you're listening to Bonnie Tyler's yeah. Total Eclipse of the Heart. Yeah yes. and hear listening to song the, like the whole <laughs> song. Yeah. And you're submerged and you hear what it sounds like if you're submerged. Burged, yeah. You come up for air and you hear it like, Yeah. Oh, it's kinda creepy because that's all you hear in that scene.
4: I knew it was gonna be total eclipse. I'm a massive Jim Steinman fan. Love Meatloaf. Love Bonnie. Bonnie Tyler. I used to sit with my mum. I thought my mum would really get. Well, I sent my mum off to watch this movie. My mum watches every uh, my movies. <laughs> she, she, she doesn't like any of them, but she watches them. <laughs> she went off to watch it, and I thought she'd really dig it because Total Eclipse of the Heart was. I remember we used to watch that on the video all the time, you know. And my mum was one of the things my mum used to love. I don't. I don't think she really got the you know the the, <laughs> the stabbing <laughs> side of Total <laughs> Eclipse. I probably ruined that somewhere. <laughs> but I always knew it was going to be. That it was the only when we did the scene. I said to Martin, my editor, and like, put that on. And we just put it over. We didn't even p- pick a particular point. We just put it over, and it was like, oh yeah, it's, it's always going to be this song. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, the Saving Private Ryan right. up and down thing. <laughs> you realise how important I'm a real sort of auteurist. I grew up watching John Carpenter with John Carpenter's name above it or Stephen King with Stephen King's name above it. And, you know, I love the whole director theory and everything like that. But you realize how important the world and the team around you are And like on the pool sequence, you know, apart from everything like the dressing and all that kind of stuff, the grips, you know, we're moving all the camera equipment and everything like that. We got on really well in this movie and we, you know, with the whole team and it'd been a really good experience, a really enjoyable experience. And they really, you know, like the shot where it comes out of the pool at the end and the camera goes up or the shot where we're going up and down where the, the camera goes from above water to below water. We do it in 48 Meters down, forty-seven, whatever that. Right, right. right. <laughs> of course, forty-eight. Yeah, yeah. Right. We do it in the whole cave scene where they're in the open-age cave sequence. We do that, but that's with a hydrocrane, which is a super expensive. Super- we didn't have fucking hydrocranes on Strangers, and these guys. I was like, oh, I kind of like this shot and stuff. And I'm very used to then that not happening. We don't have the money and whatever, and, and I find a way around it. But they were like, no, no, we're going to give you. And they—they're making this fucking camera, which has then got an underwater housing on it. It's totally impossible to move around and they've jimmied up this thing that's going up and then we're going under the water to see the fight and then we're going back up and shit, they're trying to hold this fucking thing from oh, falling apart man. and again with the, with the lift up and they and there was no way to get any equipment down there and they built all this shit and we didn't have a technocrane so when that camera's going up and over like on a technocrane with all the that would have been the super easy thing they're having to pull back move forward. I was watching them and I was like oh this is making me feel sick I don't I don't even know what the fuck's going on there like the way to <laughs> to, to actually get that shot going and right. uh, yeah. so you realize like it's like uh, you need the team around you obviously I'm the most talented but you need, you need the, you need the, uh, the team around you sort of doing their doing their thing yeah yeah but it was I never knew that people would be talking about that movie and I, I love the it's a weird one because it's people hate that. Like I get like I really, really? Yeah. yeah they they hate it. It. but then they equally like I tend to find when I speak to I tend to find hit like, the reviews in England and I've had some bad reviews <laughs> the reviews in England. I could have killed someone and got better reviews. <laughs> <laughs> oh I think probably of everything I've done that will that seems to like have. Hit a red, you know we'll we'll survive.
6: My heart yeah. was racing the yeah. whole time. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, yeah. oh shit, oh shit. Yeah, like, that's good. I, I and it was
4: it like has that. so many little like the blood swirl at the beginning. And the yeah. titles is Cujo. The font is all the John Carpenter font. And you have the burning car from Christine, and you have mm-hmm. like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, that, you know yeah. what? I'm not a massive fan of that movie. Oh. I, so <laughs> that was in the script, and then I I shot it to okay. make it look like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So yeah, I did. That was an easy one. That was like, <laughs> again, I was I was more interested in. <laughs> like, let's let's more Christine. Let's get Christine in there. Yeah. Right. But yeah, it has so many little sort of little nods and, and yeah, and bits it was Amazing. And bobs it. Yeah, yeah. What
6: did you keep from that movie? Do you, you know it? what? I don't. Here,
4: listen, I, I uh, a director friend of mine, Adam Mason. I don't know if you, he's a super cool guy. And I gave, he was like, I need a mask from that, and I yeah. just gave him. One of the original original molds of the the mask thing I was like look here, we've got that. I have stuff around. I know really like in like my cupboard I've got these they did these crazy ass like marketing things where they sent Valentine boxes to journalists with blood over like the box from Seven it just had your name in blood written on it and wow. you could I've never opened it up so I don't know what's inside they did the, <laughs>
5: they did the same with
4: the like Christmas stuff and, so, but there's stuff around there'll be stuff I'm doing I, my wife will hate me even mentioning this but I became obsessed with the truck absolutely yeah. loved that truck I just built one of the tr- I got one of the trucks from the movie oh uh, yeah and, and, and then built which sounds like a really great idea it was a really stupid yeah. <laughs> it's taken like a year and a half and it's taken it's a black hole of money and yeah, that's why I need to do the sequel to the show <laughs> yeah, I, I need to put my truck to call it, you college know? yeah so I have that you can have that
5: <laughs> there you know, go fucking <laughs> so you
0: know we're coming up here on, in a few days we're coming up with the 50th anniversary right. of the uh, Manson family murders
4: I thought you were going to go the 50th anniversary yeah. of this podcast right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but I was thinking you know since the original strangers storyline is loosely very loosely based on a line tied to the Manson right. family, yeah, family yeah, yeah. and also the Kenny cabin murders did you do a deep dive yourself and read, read up on these
4: I'm not really like I say, I'm not really that interested in, which is I think some of the fans really got that vibe, <laughs> like uh, the nasty element of strangers. I never got. I think the first movie is phenomenal uh, yeah. and really well put together, but it's not a movie I really go back to very much. I, I love the way it's constructed, but and I, but the whole Manson stuff, I'm not like when I approach strangers. The second one, I approached right. it like these are. St- Three supernatural kind of, or a Mm. little bit in that mind. I never really sort of got into that world too much. That's what I think. Sometimes people people are like, "What the fuck? You've taken (laughs) your favourite thing of the movie, (laughs) 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 musical." Uh, I approached it like uh, Halloween. That original Halloween movie is a supernatural movie in my mind. Like, there's it is just a supernatural movie, and then everything else is garbage uh, afterwards, except for the end of (laughs) (laughs) Halloween Four, which is great. No, (laughs) no, it's brilliant. Blair presents is great. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, to me, these were like ring race.
5: Actually, this is a little bit away from The Strangers, yeah. but more into your next project that you're working on, ah, which yes, I yeah, hear is yeah. the Resident Evil series, yes, which yeah. I'm a huge fan. And oh, okay. I'm so yeah, happy
4: yeah.
2: that you're working on it.
4: Thank you. Yes. I am not 100% sure what I'm allowed to say about oh. that at the moment, other than I have written the script. They really fucking like it. So, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a good start. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll all go as far as I can see I've now probably cursed it but yeah it's great I mean it's nothing at all to do with Paul's movies his world and vision would great I have nothing like Paul and Jeremy the director producers are just like really good inspiration for me and James in terms of what they did as British filmmakers going out to America and getting franchised and stuff. but this is back to the games it's fucking cool it's really cool it's <laughs> is it underwater
5: <laughs> you know I, 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 hit, I mean you know <laughs> I them
4: because the, there's a zombie shark in the first oh. game and I was like is, I'm the yeah. guy.
5: <laughs>
4: I got a lot of silence around <laughs> <to be> <laughs> on, on that. Like I say, I'm not. I'm not sure how much I could say, but it's it, it definitely. It, it has a carpenter vibe, maybe. and nice, oh, uh, yeah. it, But it's cool. It's really fun. Yeah. Siege. I'm
5: excited. Yeah, I mean, yeah. glad that they're continuing on. So yeah, that's, that's, yeah, the yeah. Thing
4: that I'm yeah, really I think. Doing. I think it's. It's just going to be a, a complete. You don't often get a chance yeah. like this where you know if someone said to you, "Let's reboot." I don't know, Christine. Or let's reboot a computer game like Tomb Raider, which they made a really good yeah. job of. You're in problems because you're either remaking a movie people really love, or with Tomb Raider you have that character and you're always going to be like dealing with that. Like, okay, how have you reinvented Angelina Jolie's character? You know, and have you done that? Whereas with the Resident Evil thing, that the the whole Alice thing, that's all made up. That's that that's all Paul's creation. that's Miller and. God I fell in love with Miller so hard when that first movie came out. You know, but that's his that's his world. And so this this is a whole complete, you know, it's like a whole different entity. It's super cool, really sort of grounded but kind of scary as fuck and yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, we, you know, I'm hoping we just go and, and start filming that pretty soon. God, yeah. that'd be so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. You know, you know how it is. It's like You know, God, we love this. This is great. Ah, 47 part two didn't really work at the cinema. So, uh, you know, here's James Wan. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: why everybody's got to go see 47 Meters Uncaged, (laughs) August 16th. It's amazing. I remember when it opened and I was like, Lauren, this is like, it feels like a teen movie. Yeah, 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 The music and everything and the girls at school and they're all younger. I was like, this is a very different feel from because the first one, pretty dead serious throughout the whole thing. So
4: this is a really cool yeah, yeah, I really it was wanted. Really I, refreshing. I had so much fun on the time in strangers, where I just because it wasn't ever going to be, it wasn't always going to be like a, uh, an '80s thing. It was, it was when I realized it was Christine. Oh, <gasps> so we'd cut the movie, and it, it and it was it was kind of okay. It was fine, it was it was good. I liked it. I really realized that. Yeah, I I had made Christine. And I was like, well, the thing I love about Christine is the car, wherever the car is going, it's playing, you know, rock and roll music. And I was like, well, this car is... Like, since I've shot this, we should have rock and roll music playing. And so we tried, you know, we put, like, we got the track from Strangers, the original movie, and put that over, and we tried different things. And I was like, yeah, it's cool. And then the Bonnie Tyler thing was always going to be Bonnie Tyler. And, um, so we put that on, and I, I was just going through my big Jim Steinman phase and uh, making love out of nothing at all. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, one, yeah. It was a song that I hadn't really come across as a kid. And I was like, holy shit, this song is amazing. And the end, I could never – I get – quite bored in movies i love the whole mystery and then once it gets to like the mystery's over and now it's just the kill kill stuff i'm like i know what's happening in the movie i'm done i'm out i, I kind of sign out and you can kind of feel that in in when i make a movie like if you watch the movie f i did it finishes on that bit and you don't actually ever get that which annoyed people to the death. Like, <laughs> bit? And i'm like no no i've got where i need to go so you can kind of feel like the last 20 minutes of that movie once she blows the car up scare wise I've checked out I'm like okay we've done I've done what I've needed to do and so when we're editing we're putting it together I'm telling stories that have nothing to do with it we're putting this scene together and you know we're putting the dun, 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 scary music and it's like well, this isn't fucking scary and it isn't scary because I haven't shot it that way you know I've shot this burning car and I'm like fuck I'm making Christine I'm John Carpenter <laughs> and then I was like look I said to Martin like try this and martin's very good i worked with him you know now five movies and he's like i think most editors would be like what the fuck are you you want me to run the entire length of making love out of nothing at all over the 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 ending of a a horror movie and i was like yeah you know and we did it and i was just like i love this and then nobody stopped me having that so then we started putting i just would spend every night Looking, going through all these old '80s tracks—some that I'd never come across before, some that I grew up with—I have such an instinct for it. I wouldn't say I'm good good with it, but I have, like, I know my taste. Every one of those tracks, like the Kim Wilde, i was just like, okay, Kim Wild came in quite late and. That was great, though. That's yeah. great. It sounds, because like, it sounds it did, like a John Carpenter movie. Yeah, but it, it, it did
0: something so unique because you hear it as a soundtrack song. Yeah. Then you hear it in the car. Yeah. Then you hear it from the point of view of the people in the cabin.
4: Yeah, it's sort of all... And, yeah. And, and I'm like, wow, that's interesting. It really... It was... When I heard that song, I was like, fuck again. It was a song of my childhood, but I never really... I was a Belinda Carlisle fan. I was <laughs> a... a um, Kim Wilde was never really a thing, and I'd heard that pulsing. If you listen to all those songs, they probably have all a very similar structure yeah. th- that appeals to my ear. I know all the Jim Steinman stuff has that same sort of feel to it, and I was like, fuck, this is, this is brilliant. And then so I would just, I'd spend, I'd be up all night looking at these songs, and then... I, so I had so much fun in that I'm so musically I, I love music and I love you know I love the score like making the fog yeah. score, you know people are always like that oh, sounds like the fog I'm like yeah it does yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. so then when we did the the 48 meters down again with the music what do you think of the music I oh, loved it loved and it. Yeah. we've only just begun yeah yes. <laughs> so, yeah. It was, it was a mixture of, like working with Tom and Andy again and, and they were like you know how you, you always start with these things So a bit like with Strangers I started by making a sequel to Strangers. And then it ends being something very weird and very different. And the same with 47 is I started by making a sequel to the movie and then and Tom and Andy when their music was first, they they started doing the sort of same thing and, and we'd be like, nah, this is just not working. And so we went for a really different, like it's very sonically, it's high, it's high, it's like whale music. We'd really gone, I love this organ stuff that's going here. And then, and I sent, them, I sent Andy a copy of Neil Young playing... Like a hurricane unplugged <laughs> on an organ. I don't know if you ever seen him play that, but he plays that organ. I, I don't know. He plays that organ like someone that loves playing the organ, but has no fucking idea. How to play. <laughs> 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 and he's hammering away at it. And I, I just, I sent him that and I said, look, let's, let's pretend we're doing an Italian horror movie. And Andy's like, oh, it's fucking great. And so we just. Like, the score then just went mental, you know? I I could just see Andy like a Muppet, just like... (laughs) And we just really went for it musically. And then we got to... Yeah, I had so much fun. Like, the music's a weird one, like, the source music, because it's so me. It starts with a band... Called status quo, which means nothing in America. And they are—they are they're like one of the biggest-selling bands in the UK. Oh. They're like the uncoolest band in the world. <laughs> Their it? big song is rocking all over the world. They opened Live Aid. They're ancient now. They're old, old rockers. But they've sold like a hundred million albums. It's the only shark movie you will ever see that has status quo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Was there a, <laughs> a Roxette song in there too? So, yeah, you st- you have the status quo song. while well, you've got the one-shot Steadicam thing. And then I was like, "Fuck!" And they're going to let me use this. This Is brilliant, great, great. You know, like none of the producers stopping me. And then the rock set one was that was kind of always in my mind. I'd heard that in the car going to set, and I was like, "God, I haven't heard this song for a while. It's fucking good. Love a bit of rock set." So we then we then used the rock set at the beginning, and we used. The song before On The Journey, again, I'd heard on the car, it's a song by a band called Aztec Camera. Oh, yeah, I was wondering uh, about so, that. Song. Yeah, Somewhere In My Heart, and it was uh, like a mid-twenties hit in the UK, never took on over here, and it just, it was one of those songs where I was driving, I was like, holy fuck, that's, that's, uh, that's that song, I need that for the, and we, straight away, we just put it in, and it's, I, it was, it would be so funny, because I'd be in the, um, in the mixing place, and I'd have the colorist working at the same time as like they would be doing the ADR looping stuff and then they would be doing the, the, the sound effects and every different, they were, every we took over the whole place and everybody's doing different things. But I'd hear in each room, I'd hear Aztec camera playing. <laughs> oh, because people would have found right. this song again and be like, Fuck! I forgot about this. Great, you know, people be coming back, and they come up and i and jog to that mo- song in the morning. It's infectious. Once you hear it like a few times, you're like, holy shit! And yeah, then we did the rock set song. Only just begun is is in the mouth of madness when he gets put in into the padded cell at the beginning, and then the music plays and he goes, oh god, not the carpenters! And uh, it's just like I've always wanted to use that song. It's just like initially there wasn't gonna the rock set song finished, and then there was just silence and creepy music and stuff and I was like do you know what happens if we put a car and, <laughs> uh, and in fact we didn't use we tried various different versions we tried a Perry Como version which was amazing oh uh, but love he, Perry he, Como. yeah his, his, uh, his estate wouldn't they were like no no, no. Oh, yeah. you come across yeah. it like the amount of times on Strangers like Ario Speedwagon were like yeah we'd love to license your what the fuck is he doing he put a <laughs> screwdriver in his no no you cannot have this song <laughs> like, so you come across that a lot and yes yeah, he wouldn't they wouldn't so we used we used a very old 70s version by i, I can't remember what her name is. Actually. i'm gonna say elaine rigby but i think i might have made that up anyhow but it, it had a really haunting like shining kind of feel when you when you gave it that like echo and stuff and that was kind of fun and that's probably it for the music stuff yeah i think so but it was fun it was great to do i've never seen a shark movie with you know like <laughs> yeah. uh, tracks like that but yeah exactly it was, it was cool to do like, to be able to do stuff that you would never do in a shark movie, like, I would always describe it as Halloween in, in, a, in you know, because the shark was always just waiting behind or right, just jumping yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. And but it was just slightly different, like, uh, way of doing shark stuff. And that was cool, I thought, like... You just couldn't get away from it. Good experience, that one. <laughs> well, Johannes, thank you so much for joining
1: us today. The movie is spectacular. Best of luck with this in the theaters. I mean, it, it's got to be seen on a big screen. Right? Yeah, it's, thank you. Thank yeah. you, if you yeah. And
6: if you make uh, 49, I yeah. really want to be the Broccoli Wrangler. <laughs> yeah, the broccoli. Wrangler, yeah. I just want to, like, yeah, yeah. throw the broccoli. Yeah,
4: yeah. You have to fight with Brian Broccoli on that. They've already... We, we already have the sequel, so... We'll just, yeah, we'll see if we'll see what happens
6: maybe I can be spend. it's villain yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. sick yeah, yeah.
6: like yeah, yeah. I got my broccoli right yeah yeah,
0: yeah yeah it's gonna be 470
1: meters down <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mariana's
4: Trench yeah <laughs> I would oh, yeah fuck I'd love to, do it. I'd love <laughs> to sure. do
1: it okay turn your lights on that was the Boo Crew Podcast episode 61 special thanks to our guest Johannes Roberts check out all his spectacular movies including Strangers Pray at Night 47 Meters Down and its sequel if you're listening to this at time of release 47 Meters Down on K- in theaters August 16th This is the Boo Crew saying See you on the other side
2: Thanks for listening to another episode Of the Boo Crew Podcast Haunt the Boo Crew At Crew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook And Instagram Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo The Boo Crew is Tim Timebomb Leone D'Antonio Lauren and Trevor Shand Austin Wilkin and Rachel Tejada The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shen. Chopped and sliced by Trevor Shen. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation. Part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network.
0: Bye.